Amen. If you have your Bible this morning and want to read with me some scripture, we're going to be reading a familiar passage this morning. I invite you to turn over to the book of Luke, chapter 24, Luke chapter 24, beginning with the first verse. And we're going to read some familiar passages here this morning. But I feel like the Holy Spirit has put a word on my heart for this service today. The scripture says in Luke chapter 24 and verse number one, now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher bringing spices, which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men or two angels stood by them in shining garments, and they were afraid, and they bowed their faces to the earth. And the angel said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and rise the third day. I find it absolutely amazing that here they are looking at the very thing that Jesus had told them would happen. He told them that he would suffer many things and that he would be crucified and that he would be put in the grave. But he also told them beforehand, beforehand he said, I will rise again. And they make their way to the tomb and they find the tomb empty and they are perplexed. <laughs> amen. I think they just should have believed what he said. Can you say amen? Amen. But the Bible says, and they remembered his words, and they returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven, the disciples, and unto the rest. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and other women with them, which told these things unto the apostles. And this next verse blows my mind. And their words seemed unto them as idle tales. Their words seemed unto them as idle tales. They just couldn't fathom that he would be risen from the dead. Then Peter arose and ran unto the sepulcher, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves. And he departed, wondering at himself, or wondering within himself at what had come to pass. And I'm going to stop reading right there this morning. I ask that you would bow your heads and let us pray together and ask the Lord for his help to open his word. Father God, we are grateful this morning for your love. We are grateful this morning for your goodness and your mercy to us. We are thankful here today, O oh God, for your Son, Jesus, our Savior. Thank you that he not only paid the cost at Calvary for our salvation, but that he has risen from the grave. And thank you that he has risen and he is alive this morning, living within our hearts. 
We have appreciated the presence of the Lord that we have felt as we have worshiped and as we have sang. And we come now, Lord, to the reading of your word. And I would just simply ask, oh God, that you would grant us the ability this morning to speak as an instrument in your hand. I would pray this morning, Heavenly Father, that you would anoint me to preach your word. Put your words in my mind, your thoughts in my mind, your words in my mouth. Give me liberty in the house of God. I declare openly that of my own self I can do nothing and I am insufficient for the task that is in front of me. But if you will anoint me and if you will bless me to be a blessing, then your people will be blessed. And I ask these things, Lord, that you would glorify your name and that you would edify your church. And we thank you for all of it in Jesus' mighty name. And those in agreement this morning said amen. amen. Hallelujah. I want to title my message this morning, The Comeback Kid. The Comeback Kid. I want you to stop for a moment and just think about the events that we have read here in our text. Everyone loves a good comeback story, a comeback story that is filled with suspense and intrigue and struggle. This morning, I want you to think of Rocky Balboa. Hello? <laughs> Coming back in the final rounds of a championship fight, and he is bloody and exhausted, but he won. He won. He came back in spite of insurmountable odds and triumphed and won the victory. I said, everybody loves a good comeback story. As most of you know this morning, I am a huge Dallas Cowboy fan, and I know that leaves some of you scratching your head and some of us saying yay. <laughs> but they are my team through thick and thin, and I have lived long enough to experience both. Um, and not long ago, I had somebody that asked me, they said, Pastor Gary, why the Cowboys? Why are you a Dallas Cowboy fan. And I said to them, you mean besides the fact that I have good taste? <laughs> <laughs> and all of my kin folks come from that area. I said, I could tell you the very day that I became a Dallas Cowboy fan. The year was 1975. It was December the 28th. And it was a divisional playoff game against my wife's beloved Vikings. I was 15 years old, and the Cowboys were behind in this game. It was 14 to 10, and they needed a touchdown to win. They were at their own 45-yard line, so in essence, there was just a few seconds on the clock, and in essence, they had to travel 55 yards in order to pull out a victory. I remember that as I watched that game, it looked as if all hope was lost and that they would surely go down to defeat. 55 yards to go, only seconds on the clock. Out of the shotgun position, the last play of the game, a guy by the name of Roger Staubach 
grabbed that pass and he threw it 50 yards in the air and on the other end of that pass was Drew Pearson. Drew Pearson caught the ball at the five-yard line and tiptoed into the end zone and the Cowboys won. And at that very moment, at that very moment, I went, I am a cowboy fan. Because everybody loves a good comeback story. Roger Staubach was asked after the game that morning, after he had played that game, uh, about that play, and it became known as the Hail Mary Pass. Roger Staubach was asked about that play and he said, all I did was to throw it as hard as I could and said a Hail Mary. <laughs> Hello. And Roger became known as Captain Comeback because everybody loves a good comeback story. Those of you that are here this morning, how many of you remember 2007, the uh, BSU Broncos playing the Oklahoma Sooners? in the fiesta bowl did you did you watch that game can you can you remember how it went back and forth and back and forth and then in the final moments ian johnson grabs that infamous a uh, statue of liberty play goes around the left side and into the end zone and the broncos win everybody loves a good comeback story Amen. That is the stuff that legends are made of. It is the plot line of a dozen different movies. Uh, it is the story of a lost cause outmatched and, and beaten and yet coming back in the final rounds uh, to somehow secure the victory. And I came to tell you this morning that the Bible is filled with all kinds of comeback stories. The Bible is filled with all kinds of comeback stories. Amen. Let me just tell somebody here this morning because I believe that the Holy Spirit sent me with a word to speak into your life. If you are in need of a comeback, if you are in need of a fresh start, if you are in need of a turnaround or a new direction in your life, I want you to understand this morning. Amen. You may have experienced a setback but God is telling you that the final chapter has not yet been written. Just keep hanging on to the hand of the Lord and just watch God bring you back and give you the victory that you need in your life. No matter who you are, no matter what kind of obstacle you might face, no matter what kind of mistakes that you have made, and no matter what kind of comeback you need in your life, if Jesus is alive from the dead, and he is, if Jesus has conquered sin and death and hell, and he has, then it is never too late. You are never too far gone. You you are never too old, amen, and you are never too far away that God cannot give you victory in your life. I come to tell somebody this morning that God is not finished with you yet. God is not finished with you yet. 
Your failures may be formidable, but understand this morning that your failure need not be final. I said, understand that your failure need not be final. Understand that your failure need not be, uh, amen, fatal. uh, Because God is a God of love. uh, And God is a God of mercy. And God is a God of second chances uh, and do-overs. God is a God of comebacks uh, and turnarounds. Uh, God does grace uh, and renewal. God can handle our mistakes and you are not too far away this morning that he cannot turn your situation around. It may look dead, but I come to tell you this morning that he makes dead things live again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 57, thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 37 says, In all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. If you are made more than a conqueror this morning, then our adversary is more than beat. Hang on, you may you may have suffered a setback, but I'm telling you, God is the original author of the great comeback. You may have fallen, and you may have failed, and you may have your back against the wall, but I tell you, God is the author of comebacks, and Jesus Christ is the comeback kid, and if you served Captain Comeback, then he can bring you back, amen, to a place of victory in your life. Hallelujah. When God began to put this word on my spirit, began to put it in my heart, I couldn't help but just think of some of the great comebacks down through the pages of the word of God. How many of you remember Moses? The story of Moses starts out good, starts out well. From the very beginning, God had his hand upon Moses, saved him out of the Nile River, laid his hand upon Moses and brought him all the way to the palace of Egypt. But Moses messed up. Moses suffered a a setback. And the Bible said that there came a day when Moses murdered someone and buried him in the desert sand. And when word got out about what Moses done, the Bible said that he fled to the backside of the wilderness. And there on the backside of the wilderness, he stayed. For 40 years, he stayed watching the sheep of his father-in-law, Jethro. Amen. Listen, when Moses was 40 years old, he murders a guy, buries him in the sand, and then runs to the backside of the desert. And he spends another 40 years on the backside of the wilderness. And you would have thought that he was much too old for a comeback. 
But at the age of 80 years old, God had a plan for Moses. And God brought Moses back from that setback. God brought him back to a place where he became a deliverer and a lawgiver. And God made him great in the eyes of the people. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? If Moses can make a comeback, then you can too. How many of you remember King David? David came back from lust and adultery and murder and regained his throne through confession and repentance. David was restored with fellowship with his God and became a man after God's own heart. I said I come to tell somebody this morning that if David came back, then you can come back too. Joseph, anybody remember the story of Joseph? Joseph came back from the pit all the way to the palace. Joseph came back from the pit all the way to the palace from a slave or a servant. He came all the way back to second in command over all of Egypt. Amen. Somebody look at your neighbor and tell him if Joseph can come back, then so can you. If Joseph can come back, then so can you. How many of you remember Job? In one day, Job lost everything. I said in one day, he lost his family. He lost his wealth. He lost everything that he had in one day. But that ain't the end of the story. Amen. Job said in Job 13 and 15, he said, though God slay me, yet will I trust him. And what Job was saying was, I may have lost, amen, everything that I own. But with God's help, I'm going to come back. With God's help, that ain't the last chapter of the story. I may have suffered a setback, but I am going to return. I'm going to come back with a victory. Hey, I come to tell somebody this morning that the comeback kid is able to help you come back and be victorious in your life. Mm. If Job came back, I got somebody preaching with me. Glory to God. If Job came back, then so can you. If Job came back, then so can you. How many of you ever remember that the prodigal son came all the way back from the pig pen? Jonah came back from the belly of the whale. Amen. Samson came back from suffering his blunder with Delilah and losing his strength and losing in defeat to the Philistines. If Samson could make a comeback, then so can you. The three Hebrew children came back from the fiery furnace. Peter came back from denying Jesus three times. And yet God used Peter to preach the very first sermon on the day of Pentecost that would birth the church. I'm telling you, you you may have suffered a comeback, but get ready, amen, or a setback, but get ready. God is about to give you a comeback. God is the author of comebacks. All the way through the pages of history, in the word of God, God gives comebacks. God has given individuals do-overs. The greatest comeback of all our text, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
Glory to God. Stop and think about the story this morning. All the way from Good Friday to Sunday morning. All the way from Good Friday, which was actually Good Thursday, but I won't go into that. That's a message for another time. Hello. Some of these folks that know what I'm talking about, they're going, yeah, you're right. Amen. Stop and think about that for just a moment this morning. He is arrested in the garden. None of it by surprise. None of it by surprise. He knew that he had come to fulfill the will of God. He knew that he had come to be crucified so that we might be forgiven and that we might have life eternal. He's arrested in the garden to the horror of his disciples. And then he is paraded from one judgment hall to another judgment hall. And finally, the situation goes from bad to worse. And he is convicted of a crime that he did not commit. And he is sentenced to die on an old wooden cross. Imagine the agony of his followers. They watched their beloved teacher. They watched their beloved Messiah perform miracles for others. And now he is sentenced to die. He is sentenced to die. And they watched in horror as he is beaten with a scourged with a cat of nine tails. He is beaten so badly with that cat of nine tails that his back is, is, is broken open and literally his organs in his body are visible. He is a bloody sight. They planted that crown of thorns upon his head and blood began to run down his body. He is beaten and wounded and smitten and afflicted and wounded. But the Bible said that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. He was so badly beaten and wounded that he could not even physically recognize who he was. The disciples saw all of this happen in their very sight. This Roman cat of nine tails, let me explain to you what it was. It was a whip with nine braided pieces of leather that went off of that that whip. And at the end of each one of those braids was tied a sharpened sheep bone or a blunt object so that when it smote the back of the victim, it would tear open the flesh. He was beaten so badly and wounded so badly on our behalf. Blood spilling from his body. They watched in horror as they made him carry his cross all the way to the top of Calvary. And there at the top of Calvary, instead of deliverance coming, again the situation goes from bad to worse. And he is nailed through the hands and through his feet to an old wooden cross raised between heaven and earth. And there he hangs. 
His disciples stand at the foot of the cross in their own silent agony. At the foot of the cross as Jesus hangs between heaven and earth. The Bible said that from the sixth hour until the ninth hour. What does that mean? It means that from 12 o'clock noon until 3 o'clock in the afternoon. The Jewish clock started at 6 o'clock in the morning. And so it says at the sixth hour. That would have been noon until the, the ninth hour. The sun refused to shine. And here they are. Darkness covers the land where they are. And Jesus is hanging in agony. He says to the Father, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And they are at the foot of the cross. They are an eyewitness to it all. They see the whole thing unfold. At three o'clock in the afternoon, that is when the priest in the, in the temple, the high priest, would slay the Passover lamb in the Jewish temple. At three o'clock in the afternoon, Jesus bowed his head at the same moment that the priest was slaying that lamb in the temple. God was slaying his lamb for us. At that same moment, Jesus, the Bible said, bowed his head and said, it is finished. Amen. It is finished. And he gave up the ghost and he died. Mm. And at that very moment in the temple in Jerusalem, from the top to the bottom, the veil in the temple was rent. What does that mean? Josephus said that this veil that separated the Holy of Holies and the Holy Place, Josephus said that it was about four inches thick. Amen. And the Bible said that it was ripped from top to bottom. Amen. I want to tell you, it wasn't ripped from the bottom up. It had nothing to do with man. But God literally ripped the veil. And it means that we now have access through Jesus Christ into the very presence of God hallelujah it is finished the disciples saw it all happen and when his lifeless body hanging there on the tree they break the legs of the two thieves and when they came to Jesus he had already given up the ghost and died said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And he went home to be with the Lord. And they came to Jesus and he was dead already. So rather than breaking his legs, they pierced his side. Two scriptures will fulfill in that very moment. The Bible said that not one of his bones would be broken. And they would look upon him whom they have pierced. Amen. I want you to understand this morning, it all played out right in front of his disciples. They watched the Roman soldiers as they took him down from the cross. And they themselves wrapped him in linen clothes. And they laid him in a tomb. And they rolled the stone in front of the tomb. 
and they left him in the grave. They intended to come back on Sunday and give him a proper burial. They intended to come back on Sunday and give him a proper burial. And they would bring spices and herbs. That's why the women in our text were coming back to the gravesite. They saw the whole thing play out. It was not secondhand information. They witnessed it with their own eyes. They watched him as they laid his dead, lifeless, bloody body in the grave. And they sealed the grave with that stone. The cross of Jesus Christ looked like heaven's greatest setback. But I come to tell you this morning that wasn't the final chapter. Early in the morning, the Bible said our, our, our women in our text, they come bringing spices and they are planning to embalm the body of the Lord. They are planning to give him a proper burial and upon their arrival, they, they see that the stone has been removed and so they enter into that sepulcher or enter into that tomb and they look around and they cannot find the body of the Lord Jesus Christ and they are perplexed they are standing there in bewilderment they are standing there in 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 probably amusement and wondering what on earth where did they take him and at that very moment two angels stood by them in shining apparel and the glory of God began to radiate in that tomb through those angels and the angels said to them why do you seek the living among the dead he is not here because he has risen amen he is alive he's alive this morning amen the power of God rolled the stone away and the power of God raised up his son and he sits this morning at the right hand of God the Father where he ever lives to make intercession for you and I. Talk about a comeback. He's alive today. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. John 14 and verse 19, Jesus said, because I live you shall live also. Let that settle into your spirit this morning. Because I live, you shall live also. I got up out of the bed this morning after a whole week of the Lord just stamping on my heart to, to tell somebody that your best days are in front of you. You may have suffered a setback. You may have suffered a setback in your family or in your personal life or in your physical body or at work or you may have suffered a setback in a relationship or in the finances. You may have suffered a setback with your relationship with God but I come to tell you your setback is not God setting you down your setback is not God setting you aside but your comeback is simply God setting you up for victory 
Amen, amen. You're somebody here this morning that your fuel is about empty. You're sitting on empty. Amen, somebody here, your tank is out of gas. You're tired and you are mentally and physically exhausted. Amen, and the enemy has lied to you and told you that you are finished. He said you are dead and you'll never come back. But I came to tell you, I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that that we commit unto him against that day and you may have suffered a setback but God is able to bring you back it ain't over until God says it's over it ain't over this morning until God says it's over. He is the original comeback kid. Amen. He makes dead things live again. He makes dead dreams come back to reality. He turns water into wine. He turns defeat into victory. Ezekiel could tell you he'll make dead men's bones live again. Lazarus could tell you he'll turn your funeral into a party. Amen. Your mess is about to become your message. Your test is about to become your testimony. Don't give up on God. He ain't giving up on you. Mm. Hallelujah. 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 Your defeat is about to become your victory. Your mournful sorrow is about to become your joyful dance. Hello? Hallelujah. Don't give up on God because he has not given up on you. It's time this morning that you see your setback as an opportunity for God to do something great in your life. It's time that you realize that your setback is nothing more than a setup. Don't give up on the Lord. Amen. He has the power. But Pastor Gary, you don't know how bad it looks. You don't know how bad the situation is. You're right. You're right. Think about what those disciples must have thought. It couldn't get any worse. He's dead. How many of you know you don't come back from dead? I mean, it's not like he had a knee injury. You know, it's not like he could walk it off. He's dead. He's gone. He's buried. He's in the grave. And now the women in our text come and tell us he's alive. What do you mean he's alive? What do you mean he's alive? Amen. Do you know why I believe in the resurrection this morning? I believe for this one, not just because the scripture tells me so, but I believe that this one final fact proves the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it was the attitude of the, of the apostles, of the disciples. You see, prior to the resurrection, they were all afraid and hiding. They were all afraid and hid out for fear of the Jewish leaders. And when it sank into their spirit that Jesus was indeed alive, 
that information transformed them from a bunch of cowards to somebody that was willing to stand on the public street and proclaim that that Jesus who you crucified is alive and sits at the right hand of God the Father. And they believed it to the point that they were willing to give their very lives and die a martyr's death without changing their mind. Your setback is nothing more this morning than a setup. The Bible said that if the enemy or the devil would have known the plan of God, he would have never crucified Jesus. Uh, amen. What, what, what I'm saying is what looked like a setback, or a setback was nothing more than God's plan about to bring a comeback. It was nothing more than God's plan about to bring a comeback that would rattle the world forever. Isaiah chapter 61 and verse number three. Let me just share with you a few verses. Isaiah 63 or 61 and three says, God, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them, let this sink into your heart, to give them beauty for ashes. Oh, hallelujah. To give them beauty for ashes and oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Amen. Psalms 30 and verse 11 said, Thou hast turned for me my mourning into a dance. Thou hast taken my sackcloth and gird me with gladness. Isaiah 61 and 10 said, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord and my soul shall be joyful in my God. Why? Because he has clothed me with the garment of salvation and he has covered me with a robe of righteousness. What do all of those scriptures have in common? This is what they have in common. They are telling us that God is a God that will turn our ashes into beauty. That God is a God that will turn our mourning into into a victory dance that God is a God that will take the extreme setback and give us victory in our life there's a divine exchange about to happen in your life this morning a setback that is nothing more than God setting you up for a comeback the resurrection is proof that dead things live again the resurrection is proof that you can make a comeback. This morning, Jesus is offering to us a comeback. If you are here today and you need a new direction in your life, good news, he's here to give it to you. Maybe you are here this morning and you have suffered a setback. Good news, you serve the comeback kid. Good news, uh, amen, you serve the comeback kid and he knows how to turn defeat into victory. Amen, this morning, just as I was studying this word, the spirit of the Lord just kind of quickened my heart. I'm gonna give you one more little quick point and then we're gonna close. But the spirit of the Lord kind of quickened my heart. I'm thinking about how great of a comeback that Jesus made on resurrection morning. 
He rose victorious out of the grave. I'm thinking about what a great comeback. And the Holy Spirit just whispered in my ear, you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm like, what do you mean? Holy Spirit said, he's coming back. He's coming back. Let me just tell you that the comeback kid gave us a promise that he would come back to receive us unto himself. The greatest comeback is still in our future. John 14 and 1, the Bible says, let not your heart be troubled. How many of you look around the world today and there is trouble on every hand? Hello? Watch the evening news and it don't look all that great. Hello? I mean, Russia is mad at us and North Korea is mad at us. And Hello? They don't look good. It looks great to me. Because I'm going up. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But he said, I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse number 16 that there is coming a moment, there is coming an hour when the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ are going to rise first and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds and so shall we ever be with the Lord and the Bible said wherefore comfort one another with these words hey the comeback kid not only came back from death but he's coming back for those that are watching and waiting for his return hallelujah amen 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 he is coming back for us his church that is good news can you say amen that is good news. I'm going to close with just a little illustration I read not long ago of a famous evangelist. His name was Larkin. He tells the story that one day he was walking down the street and he saw some stone workers who were chiseling away at a piece of stone on the ground. And he said to them, what exactly are you doing and they said, we are chiseling on this piece of stone down here so that it will fit perfectly up there. And they pointed to the top of this tower. Let me just tell you this morning that some of our setbacks and some of our trials and some of our uh, things that we go through are nothing more than God working on us down here. So we will fit in up there. Bow your heads all over the building, if you will, please. Understand this morning that your setback need not be fatal. Many biblical characters have come back. Jesus came back. A 
And because he arose, he said, because I live, you shall live also. God is just setting us up to bring us into a place of victory. You need not be discouraged. You need not be disheartened. You need not be this morning troubled. Your setback is only a setup for a comeback. Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for your help in ministering the word today. I pray, Father God, that you will speak to hearts and help us to understand that while we may suffer setbacks in this life, that we may suffer trials and tribulations and we may fall and have failure in our own life, you are faithful. And you will not let go of our hand. I pray this morning, Lord, for each one that's here in this place. If they are sitting on empty, I pray today, oh God, that you will cause them to understand that the final chapter in their story has not yet been written. The final chapter has not yet been written. Speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit, in the mighty name of Jesus. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed, and we pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. How many of you here in this place this morning would be willing to slip up your hand and say, Pastor Gary, you preached this word just for me this morning. I needed to hear that. Yes, 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 yes. Hands lifted here and there. Hands there. Stand to your feet all over the building. We're going to sing a worship chorus this morning. Let me, let me pray with those that lifted their hands. Pray with me. God, strengthen the weary. Strengthen the weak. It may look as though it is bleak. But, oh God, victory is not with us. It lies with you. You are our victory. You are our hope. I pray for each one that slipped up their hand this morning. Said, God, I need to turn around. God, I need to turn around. God, I need to come back. I need a victory in my life this morning. I pray, oh God, for them. We hold them up before you today. Ask that you minister to them this morning. And as we leave this place, oh God, I pray that you will go with all of us. And throughout the day that your presence will remind us that we serve a risen living Savior. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.